Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Who's ready for the Word of God? I'm ready for the Word of God. Um, We actually, thanks to your generosity and thanks to your giving, uh, we've been able to get these Hebrew booklets every single month. And uh, for those that do not know, for the past five weeks, like Pastor Bobby said, we have been studying during this fall semester the book of Hebrews. So we've handed out these syllabuses. So if you don't have a syllabus with you and you would like one, please feel free to raise your hand and our ushers will be happy to get you one. Or if you're online, um, please feel free to click that link that we have put in the chat, our team has put on there. So that way you can download it from home, print it off, follow along on your iPad, on your iPhone, whatever you feel like doing. But we made a couple updates y'all to these syllabuses. Uh, First thing that we did on the first page is we put a section for you to put your name in. So it says this belongs to, and you can put your name. So every month we're learning about what we can do and uh, how we can make these syllabuses better. So that way you don't have to put it on a random page or get it mixed up and lose it or just like, you know, trying to find out whose syllabus is whose. This is the only time in church when you can be greedy, y'all. So say this is mine. This is mine. Tell the person next to you. This belongs to me. So we want to encourage you to bring this with you uh, to church this next Sunday. Or if you're watching from home, just keep this with you. Do what you can because we want to help you guys grow. Another thing that we did is our pastoral team got together. And we were thinking of ways to really help you guys grow even more. So I'm excited to announce that starting today, we're going to begin to give you weekly challenges for you to fill out and check off as you do them at home. So it's right there on the notes section at the very bottom. You can see it right here for this week. It says weekly challenge. And you can put a check mark for each day of the week that you do the weekly challenge. Who knows? Maybe it's something that's going to be done once a week. Maybe it's something that's going to be done throughout the week each day. We want to challenge you guys because we've learned this that growing things change, Um, you know what I mean? Like healthy things grow, growing things change. And in order for us to change, many times we have to be challenged as well. So we wanna challenge you guys and encourage you guys as well. So I'm gonna give you that weekly challenge at the end of today's message, kind of tied in uh, to today's uh, message and the sermon for today. But with that being said, let's get into the word of God. If you don't mind standing with me, grabbing your Bible, let's get into the word. And we're gonna be reading out of Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. But before we read that, let's read the description that we find in our syllabus. It says this. It says, Hebrews 5 shows Jesus as God's appointed high priest who became the source of eternal salvation for everyone who believes, everyone who believes. The author also addresses the importance of spiritual growth. Somebody say spiritual growth. And how we shouldn't be stagnant or stay in the same place when it comes to to our faith. So in the first portion, the first section of chapter 5, I want you to get this. The author heavily focuses on Jesus being the perfect high priest. And for those that may, that sound, that may sound foreign to some of you guys, but to the Hebrews, he, this author is writing to a Hebrew audience, and the Hebrews were accustomed and used to there being a high priest that would actually go into the temple, go into the place of worship once a year where he would offer sacrifices and gifts unto God, and he would actually go into the Holy of Holies, and he would actually pray and ask God to forgive the rest of the nation of Israel for their sins. And the author, in a similar way, he's trying to get them to understand that Jesus is all our high priest, and he actually became the sacrifice. And since he paid the price on the cross over 2,000 years ago, guess what? There's no nor Jew or Gentile. And now not only can the nation of Israel receive forgiveness from God, but now guess what? Now you and I and the rest of the world can receive forgiveness and find eternal life in Jesus Christ. 
Whoa, that's awesome, right? But get this, we're about to read it. Right after the author says that, he takes a very sharp turn. He just, and he says this in Hebrews chapter 11 through 14. And this is actually, get this, this is one out of the five warnings that we find the author giving to the Hebrews in the book of Hebrews. So we find this in the letter. Let's read this out in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. It says this, there is much more. Somebody say much more. We would like to say about this, in other words, he wanted to go deeper when it came to the revelation, the understanding of Jesus Christ and how God operates and what God does so that way they can grow. But it says, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull. Somebody say spiritually dull. In other words, he was saying that you guys have become lazy, you become unmotivated, you become casual, and you don't seem to listen, therefore I can't give you more. It's not that the subject is hard, it's maybe because you're dullness. And it says, you have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. You should be explaining this to others. Instead, you know, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. So he's going at them, y'all. He's going at them. And it says this, the author says, you are like babies who need milk. Somebody say milk. Milk. And cannot eat solid food. Somebody say solid food. And in the King James it actually says meat. So he says, you're like babies who need milk, but you can't handle the meat yet. And it says, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature and who, through training, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So we see a dividing line between a mature believer and an immature believer when it comes to their inability to understand, and their inability to discern good from evil. See, I want you to understand that there's a process when it comes to your growth in Jesus Christ, and we're all on this journey, we're all on this process, and this is a strong letter, right? This is a strong uh, few verses that we're reading, so I think it needs a strong title to go alongside with it, because this is what I think that the author was trying to tell the Hebrews. He's trying to tell them this. It's time to grow up. That's the title. Feel free to write that down. It's time. Tell the person next to you, say, it's time to grow up. Now tell your second option. We can't be playing games no more. We can't be playing games no more. I didn't come to preach a pretty little message to try to fit within, you know, your construct or whatever you may feel comfortable, you know, hearing or doing. I came to challenge and encourage you guys because I believe that God has so many incredible things in store for every single one of you. I'm telling you right now, God wants to see you develop and mature and grow when it comes to the things of God. He wants you to step into more, but we must mature. It's time to grow I love you guys so much. I'm ready, y'all. I'm ready. All right, let's pray before we take a seat. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you, Jesus, for everything and who you are in our lives. God, help us, Lord. Give me wisdom. God, help us unpack this scripture, Lord, and find out the author's intended meaning to the audience, Lord, and how it's relevant and how it relates to us today. Let us walk out different than the way that we came in. And everybody said... Amen. You may be seated, or if you're at home, you're probably already seated on the couch. <laughs> no, but thank you guys for joining us online as well. We love you guys so much. Um, so last week, 
Pastor Bobby preached an incredible message. Hasn't Pastor Bobby done a phenomenal job the past four weeks in the book of Hebrews? And he talked about the believer's rest, and he talked about how we find rest in God's presence. That's what that Hebrew focused on some when it came to the Sabbath and finding rest. And he actually opened up the message by talking about how Coca-Cola and different companies actually market their product as being able to bring uh, refreshment and rest whenever you consume it or drink it. Because there's one thing that companies today know. They, they know that right now we're so busy. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're going from here to there. And that we long for rest. We long for peace. So they began to market like that. So get this. In the 60s and 70s, Soda companies were marketing so aggressively, they were marketing so hard that it actually caused there to be a negative effect when it came to the sales of milk. It caused there to be a downward spiral. And get this, I'm going somewhere. For 20 years straight, for two decades, milk sales were declining and decreasing by like millions and millions of gallons. So this company, this board came together, the, the California Milk Processing Board came together and they're the ones responsible for producing a lot of milk in the United States. They came together and they said, we have to fix this. We have to do something to solve this issue. So they took their $23 million annual budget that they used for marketing and they hired an ad agency out of San Francisco and they said, we need your help with this. So this ad agency came together and they said, okay, what can we do to increase the sales of milk? And after brainstorming and thinking, they came up with the tagline, they came up with the slogan, got milk. Somebody say, got milk. And you guys are probably familiar when it comes to that tagline, right, and that slogan, got milk. And here's why it was genius. It's genius because instead of focusing and trying to present the benefits of drinking milk, they begin to present the consequences of depriving yourself from drinking milk. And they came up with all these funny commercials and ads and things and, you know, people's arms falling off and just becoming weak teeth falling out because, you know, milk in that, you know, is known for, you know, promoting uh, bone strength and uh, having healthy teeth and, 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 strong bone and strong muscles, right, and healthy muscles. So, like, that's what milk was kind of known for. So they began to market this and they began to make these ads. You've probably seen it. And get this, when they started that campaign, they produced, I believe it was 350 different ads where people would have milk mustaches that they would put on the TV and put it in magazines, celebrities, and over 70 different TV commercials as well promoting, you know, Got Milk. And guess what? This was a massive success. In one year after them doing this, in 1993, then in 1994, one year of them doing this, milk sales increased by 15 million gallons in California alone. So they decided, you know what, this is working out great. Let's take it to the whole world. So like, you know, like Got Milk became kind of like a household thing. Why am I sharing this story with you guys this Sunday morning? Because I want us to understand something. It all started with a lack of the consumption of milk or the lack of people placing value on milk. And I believe that in a spiritual sense, when it comes to the church in America today, I believe that many Christians are lacking when it comes to consuming and placing value on spiritual milk. Now, what am I trying to say? Because you may be like, spiritual milk, what do you mean by that? Let me explain a little bit. Spiritual milk, if you do study and look into it, that represents and means the basic and fundamental teachings of God's word. And, you know, when it comes to doctrine, and don't let that word doctrine scare you. Doctrine actually means beliefs, like the beliefs, the foundational beliefs that we have. Like, it 
It's so important for us to have spiritual milk. And get this, the LifeWay Research Group did a study, and they found out that one out of five churchgoers say that they hardly read the Bible. One out of five churchgoers say that they hardly ever read the Bible. So that stat tells me that today in America, many people are spiritually malnourished, and that's one statistic, I can go on, but many people in America that are Christians are either spiritually malnourished or biblically illiterate, and this is a big dilemma, because I came to tell somebody, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, it's so, so, so important to get the fundamentals and the basics of Christianity down and have a strong foundation, and the way that we do that is by consuming and drinking the word of God and we get into the spiritual milk and we get the fundamental downs first. You know, and, 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 and you know, I talked to someone a while back and they shared with me and I, I knew they, were, they have been a Christian for decades and decades and they said, Caleb, I can't explain the gospel. Or I can't explain what Jesus came to do to, to, to other people that maybe don't really know as much about it yet. Because, you know, I've been a Christian. I just, I, can't, I just haven't taken the time to do this or do that. I, just, like, I can't understand it. You know what I mean? Like, and I thought to myself, isn't it crazy? Because that's like one of the basics, right? Isn't it crazy how we can come to church time and time and time again? We can go to small groups. We can do all these different things. But then when it comes to our spiritual growth, we remain stagnant. Stagnant. We remain the same, and we don't get the basics or the fundamentals down of Christianity because it's so important. Because here in Hebrews chapter 5, we see the author facing a similar issue. The author is saying this. He's saying this. Get this. He's saying, I want to teach you more. Like, we, like I want to teach you more. I want to get into the meat. But you can't handle it. Because you become spiritually dull, in other words, became lazy, unmotivated, became ignorant. And before I can get you the meat, you have to get the milk. In other words, he's saying, I want to take you deeper. I want to teach you more. God has so many amazing things in store for you, but you be, you've become spiritually dull. You've become ignorant. So instead of progressing, they were regressing. In other words, the author was saying, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. And this ought to stir us up because I want you to understand something. That there is a process of growth that we all must go through as believers. There's a process of growth that we must all go through as believers. And just like babies need their mother's milk in order to mature, believers, hear me clearly, need spiritual milk in order for them to mature. We're going to define that and, and talk about that as well when it comes to spiritual milk and how we can consume it, like what constitutes as spiritual milk. But here's what I want to start off with real quick so we all understand this. Every, there's my first point, every believer starts with milk. Every believer starts with milk. So this should be encouraging to, to us because I want you to understand something right now. It, it, it's so important that we get the basics and the fundamentals and the foundational uh, beliefs and, 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 and basics down when it comes to Christianity before we move on to deeper things. Because honestly, your digestive system, like spiritually, your mind, your heart, like a lot of times it can't handle it. You know, and I, I, it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 2. It says this, and this is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, you you couldn't talk, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ. I had to feed you with milk. Somebody say milk. 
not with solid foods, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. So we find that term, we find that definition of milk found throughout, uh, we find that throughout the New Testament as well. See, here's what the Apostle Paul understood. He understood that even though someone may be older physically, that they can still be like an infant spiritually. They can still be an infant spiritually. I won't ever forget whenever someone that I, I knew of gave their life to Jesus and they had just been, you know, just started their walk with God and they came up to me and said, Caleb, I'm having a big issue and I'm having a challenge understanding and reading the Bible. And I said, well, what book of the Bible are you reading? It's like, oh, you know, whenever I read books, I always like reading like the cover to cover and the ending so I know how it all ends. So I'm reading the book of Revelation right now and I'm just having a hard time understanding. I was like, you know, I was like, well, that, that's your problem right now. You're, you're starting off in there. Like, start with the gospel, John. Here's a Bible. Here's a Bible reading plan. And, like, you know, I, I just try to encourage them some. And, you know, like, they don't go to church here or anything like that. But I was like, okay, that's what you need to do. Like, read this and, and, and do that. Like, you know what I mean? Because here's what I want us to understand. Even in the school system, we know this. You know, whenever a, uh, you, like, a teacher doesn't teach a first grader 12th grade algebra, right? You know what I mean? And, like, if you gave your two-month-old a steak, like, something's wrong with you as a parent. You need to, you know what I mean? Like, you need to look up different things. And, you know, like, here's the thing. There's a process that we must be able to go through, see? And I also want to say this and get this out of the way because I think it's very important for us to understand. If you're a baby believer and you can only digest and consume certain fundamental practical things right now, don't look around at other people that are seasoned saints or people that are skilled in the word and think to yourself, I'm less valuable and I'm not as worthy as them because that's such a lie. That's a lie from hell because Jesus died on the cross for everybody in here and God doesn't love me more than you. He doesn't love you more than me. Like I'm telling you right now, like I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. Like I'm telling you right now, we're all on this journey. We're all imperfectly following after a perfect God and there's no end when it comes to our growth. So don't let the devil or other people tell you otherwise saying, you know, just like you just, it's just you know what I mean? Like don't let them intimidate you because here at Riverside Church, our slogan is this. This is a place where people grow. We want to see people grow in the relationship with Jesus, grow when it comes to the things of God. And it's important for us to cater to both milk drinkers and meat eaters. This is a place where you can grow in your relationship with God. So the question is this. I know I'm teaching this morning. The question is this. What would be considered spiritual milk and how would I consume it? Well, the author answers this question because if you look you know, the whole book of Hebrews is like a, a letter, right? But now we've kind of divided it, put it into different chapters and everything like that, right? And put it in different verses. But I was like, okay, what's spiritual milk? Like, what can I do? Like, you know, what can I put in there for spiritual milk? I was like, you know what? Like, the best thing that you can do when you examine and study God's word is to use God's word to examine it, right? Like, you look at other scriptures. I was like, you know what? I wonder what Hebrews chapter 6 says about this. Well, I wonder what the author is saying. And the author, he actually talks about what would be considered like spiritual milk, like the elementary teaching. So I thought to myself, what better thing to present to the church than what the author had said in the next chapter? So we're going to skip ahead to next week just for a second, and we're going to read this out. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, it says this, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go instead and become mature in our understanding, in our understanding, surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental, somebody say fundamental, importance. And here we go. He lists six things that would be considered fundamental 
to the people that he's talking to, the Hebrews, repenting from evil deeds. That's the first one right there. In other words, understanding what it means to repent. It's not about just saying, God, forgive me, but we turn away from our wicked ways. We turn from good, we turn from bad, and we turn to good. We turn from evil, we turn to right. Like, the understanding what repentance means and placing our faith in God, understanding the, ace, the essence of trusting in God and uh, putting our faith in him. And, and then he goes on to say, um, you don't need further instruction about baptisms. In other words, this is the fundamentals, y'all. What water and spiritual baptism is all about. The laying of hands. In other words, praying over the sick by laying of hands. The resurrection of the dead. You know, how Jesus rose from the dead and how others will and still rise today from the dead. How many people know? Because Jesus rose, we can rise spiritually from death to life in him as well. And eternal judgment. In other words, what happens whenever we pass from this life to the next. In other words, this life is but a vapor, the Bible says. This life is short. Things happen, and we have to understand what happens whenever we stand before a mighty and a holy God, and we have to understand that Jesus is the only way to heaven. There's no other way. We do not get to heaven by our good works, our good deeds, our merit, our charity. It doesn't matter. You receive Jesus. See, the gospel is not about achieving. It's all about receiving the finished work of Christ, and we have a hope and eternity and future in him. Can I hear an amen from somebody? And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So in this, we see six beliefs that the author lists right there. And you can do a deeper study in those. But I want to say this. Because we are, one of our values here at Riverside Church is this, discipleship. You know, Jesus called us to go into all nations and make disciples. You know, help people follow after him. See, because we've learned that deliverance is what kicks the devil out, but it's discipleship that keeps the devil out. See, sometimes we get delivered, God takes us out and casts away some burdens and, and, and different things and brings us out of darkness into his marvelous light, but many people just seem to stop right there, but we must be disciples. We must follow after him. So we've created opportunities for you guys to learn about these fundamentals, to learn about these things and to grow deeper, either through Pastor Bobby's Bible studies where he talks about spiritual baptism and uh, water baptism or through this pulpit right here to, to preach God's word or sign up for growth track. We go over so many different things, especially the fundamental, basic, practical beliefs. See, we've created opportunities for you guys to grow. We want to do everything that we can because you need the milk. Somebody say, start with the milk. Start with the milk. You know what's crazy, y'all? It's this. This is crazy. Scientists, like, through, through all of our technological, like, advancement and, like, scientific studies, experts and doctors have failed to create anything that would be of more nutritious value and better for a baby than the mother's milk. They try to do different things, but nothing's as nutritious for a child than the mother's milk. Milk. You know, I, had a, I, had a, I got a text from a friend who lives out of state uh, this week, and him and his wife, they just had a beautiful baby girl, but the baby was born premature. And they had to take the baby to NICU, and it was in there for 15 days. The baby was there for 15 days. And the doctor gave the mother and father an opportunity to go in there and try to feed the baby and nurse the baby. And the doctor said, you know, if, if the baby latches on, if he grabs a hold of the milk and he begins to be fed, Y'all are going to be able to take him out of here way sooner. But if he doesn't grab a hold and latch on, to, if she doesn't latch on to the milk, he's going to, she's going to have to stay here 
even longer. And I just got a text message yesterday that the baby is doing great. It's been feeding. It's been growing. And they plan to take her home today, y'all. Come on. That's awesome. He said, God answered our prayers. And I began to think to myself, you know, preparing for this message and everything, I was like, you know, I began to think to myself, how many people have been following Jesus for years, for decades, for months, and yet they're unwilling to latch on to the milk and the word of God? Because I just came to tell someone, we can present so many opportunities, growth track, Bible studies, small groups, our crews, and you can come to church, you can sit down, and, and, you, and you can actually fail to latch on to the pra- practical things that, that, that you should learn and the fundamentals and grab a hold of it and latch on to God's word. See, that's why it's so important that when you come to church, the best thing that you can wear is not a nice outfit like all you guys look great today, but you come with a hunger and a desire ready to learn, ready to worship, ready to grow. And ready just to develop and mature because I've realized, and I think I've, like, maybe not in this church specifically, but I've seen it just in the overall church. So many people have become used to treating God casually. They come to church as another mark off of their to-do list, and they're content with staying in the same place. But I came to tell you that complacency is the enemy of your destiny. And if you continue to treat God casually, you actually run the risk of becoming a casualty. So that's why it's so important for us every time that we come into God's house, we say, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to develop. Why? Because God has so much more for me. There's meat. There's so many things in store for me that God has, and I'm going to come hungry. Do we have any meat eaters in the building this Sunday morning? Do we have any people that came hungry to receive this Sunday morning. See, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you way too much to keep you the way that you are. He wants to see you develop and mature into the man or woman of God that he has called you to be. The question is, are you latching on? Are you latching on? Are you latching on? Hand me me that milk bottle real quick, y'all. I got this milk bottle right here. Asked mom to get me one yesterday. Here, take this real quick. Thank you, bro. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Splash zone. Don't worry. It's regular milk, okay? So it's from a cow. So, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I called one of our pregnant mo- no, I'm just kidding. Like, they had a baby. I'm just kidding. So this is my Mickey Mouse bottle I have right here. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that we've all been through the phase where we got, you know, a milk bottle kind of like this, right? Like, Otherwise, like, I don't know how your mom did it if you grew teeth and she didn't give you a bottle. Like, we have some strong ladies. I'm telling you right now, men, you couldn't handle it. These mothers, like, I'm telling you. But once you get to a certain point, I'm sure that you got this milk bottle. I want you to imagine this, moms. I want you to imagine this, people. Imagine you have a child and you give them a milk bottle and, and they're content with it, they're good with it. But they never move on to other things. They never move on to solid foods. They never move on to tender foods. They, they don't move on to things. They're just content with their milk bottle. And they get married. And they're like 25 years old. And they're with their spouse. And you knew this. And for some, some way, they were able to hide that they drink milk every night before bed. And they get married. And it's the first month. And, 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 the, and your son or daughter, whatever, like they come in. Like the son, he's been working at work all day. Imagine, like, you're the wife, and, and you've been cooking, you've been preparing, you've been doing, like, different recipes beforehand, and you're ready. He's like, I'm going to show off these cooking skills. I got this gourmet, you know, 12-ounce ribeye steak, medium rare, because I'm telling you, like, uh, well done is a sin. So, like, <laughs> just kidding. I just, I don't know how you do it, y'all. Um, but, like, I got this steak. I got all this stuff, but then the husband comes in 
And he lays on the couch. He gets the milk bottle. Ah. Mmm. And you're just looking. I'm like, I got all this stuff for you. Like, I made this meal. I, I catered. It's like, you should be eating this. Why are you drinking from the milk bottle? But how many people have been following after Jesus for years and years and decades from decades, and the only time that they're fed is when they come to church and we're feeding the milk? Come on, somebody. I'm just going to be real. I love you guys too much. I love you guys too much, and you maybe you're being fed at church, and but God's saying, you know what? It's time for you to drink milk at home as well, to get into my word, to spend time with me. It's time for you to develop because I have so many amazing things in store for you. It's time for you to get into the meat. I'm telling you what, I got some recipes. I got some dishes. I got some revelation. I got some giftings. I got some miracles. I have something so big, but you have to move past the milk. You have to move past the milk. We have to move past the milk. You know something crazy? Get this. I'm not saying to forget about the milk. Like, you know what I mean? Because here's the thing you need to understand. The Hebrews, like, they didn't just need a review or recap. They needed to completely relearn everything. Why? Because they became spiritually dull. They didn't latch on. God wanted to do so, like, the, the, the author was saying, there's so much more, but you need to latch on. See, I think it's important for us to have that foundation and to recap. Let's never forget about the blood of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ and what God has done and how God has brought us from death. So like, let's never forget those things. But God has so many amazing things in store. You know, they've actually like, stopped marketing milk so hard to people that are older. And they've actually focused on marketing to teenagers and actually children and, and babies more because they realized, get this, they realized that milk, when you get past a certain point or age, it can actually hurt you rather than help you sometimes. I know of someone that has bad migraines and headaches, and he heard that if, and he drank milk and stuff, and he, and he heard that if he stopped drinking milk, I think somebody recommended it or somebody looked it up online, if he stopped drinking milk, that could actually help with the migraines. And from what I've heard, ever since he stopped drinking milk like before bed and throughout the day, his migraines stopped. Why? Because 65% of adults actually have a hard time digesting milk. What I'm trying to say is this, that us being a Christian, us being a believer, if you're a follower after Jesus, yes, milk is great, but milk is for babies. If you're in the infant stage, if you're older and you're, you've, you've been coming to church for a while, God wants you to move on to more because yes, milk is a good thing, but it, be, it can become a bad thing whenever you just stay there and just get comfortable and say, I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to sign up to serve. I'm, not, I'm just going to be real. I'm not going to go to growth track. I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm content with staying right here because God wants to see you grow. Get this. Some people think that they can just remain in the same place spiritually as a Christian, but they fail to realize that being a Christian, it should just be forward and backwards, not neutral. Because if you're neutral, you run the risk of your heart running astray and going backwards. You're either going to go forward or backwards. Which way are you going? Follow after Jesus Fall in love with him. Build on your relationship with him. Spend time in his word. Spend time in his presence. Come to church hungry. Come to church thirsty because God has so much more in store for you. This is a call and a challenge to someone that has been staying in the same place for far too long and you become comfortable. 
God has so much more, and it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. Here's my, here, take this, bro. <laughs> Here's the second point for you this morning. You ready? It's this. There's more where that came from. There's more where that came from. So the milk, the basic, the fundamentals, I want you to understand that's the foundation, right? Before you can build a house, you got to build the foundation, right? So like, and you can actually tell how tall a skyscraper is going to be depending on how deep and how wide and how big the foundation is for that skyscraper. See, some people, they are new to Jesus and they're baby believers. And before they ever build the foundation, they begin to look at all these different ideologies and all these different high-level thoughts and different teachers and preachers and stuff. And, you know, they begin to look at all these different things. And they're trying to build a house, but they never even started to build the foundation. And some people can get caught up and get in rabbit trails. And then God's saying, you know what, You're trying, you need to build the foundation first. Because before you can ever build the house, you have to have a foundation. But I came to tell someone, you may have a strong foundation and a great foundation right now, but it's time to build a house on that bad boy. I'm telling you what, you got to build a mansion. I don't know, some of you guys, I like two-story house at least, come on. Like, built, like, it's time to build something on there, one brick at a time, one prayer at a time, one Bible study at a time. Come to one service, just build something on it, because God wants to make something great out of you and your family. God wants to do amazing things. It's time to build on that foundation. Here's a thought. Here, here's an opinion that I have. The reason I think that there's so many different denominations within the Protestant Christian church today so many different ide ideologies, so many belief systems, so many different ideas, and there seems to be separation in so many ways is because I believe that some people, they get a revelation, they get an understanding on something from the Bible, and they build a complete denomination on that, and they don't advance towards that or make progress by looking at other scriptures. They get caught up, and they build it on one idea, on one doctrine, on one thing. And all of a sudden, there seems to be a separation, and they can't grow and pursue everything that God has. So I'm just going to be real. See, that's why us as a church, we choose to be non-denominational. We don't claim a specific denomination. Why? Because we don't think we can just put God and confine him in a box, and we believe in God's word. And we believe that God can still miracles and signs and wonders today, and God has so many amazing things in store for you, see, that's so important. God has so much more for you. It's not about a religion. It's all about having a relationship with Jesus, a relationship. You know, like, you want to know when a relationship can get boring? Like, you know, wives, husbands, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, you want to know, like, what make a relationship boring is whenever you become so content with, with knowing what you know about that individual, about your significant other, and you say to yourself, I'm not going to try to get to know them deeper or know them more. When you're sitting at the, out to eat and maybe you're just on your phone the whole time, you're just like, you know what? I'm not going to get to know them more. I don't want to understand them more. And I, like, but I'm telling you, but a relationship becomes exciting and you make progress whenever even after 20 years and 50 years and, and 60 years, you know, one year, you say, I want to know you more. I, I want to know what you like. I want to know what you don't like. I want to know the do's and the don'ts. I want to I get to know you. I want to be intimate with you. Why? Because I want to grow in my relationship with you. Let us never be like that when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let us never get to a place where we say, okay, Jesus, I know you in this way, but like, I, I'm just going to, I'm content with this. No. 
It should be exciting. Church and following after Jesus should be enjoyed and not endured. If you think that following after Jesus is boring, you're living the life wrong. It should be fun, exciting, and thrilling, having a relationship with them. Here's what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 10 says. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Somebody say, through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things from God. In other words, I want to tell you something right now. The Bible is the only book that you can read where the author is always present. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher of all time. If you find yourself in a situation where you're reading scripture and you don't know how to interpret it or what it means, I think it's important to do studies, the historical context, literary context, you know, all those different things. But I think more than anything, Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say through this? What are you trying to do? Like even in life, if you're going through a hard season right now, and maybe the bills are met, maybe you feel like your health is declining and decreasing, maybe your family is running rampant, I'm telling you right now, being a Christian, it's not just about losses, and more than losses, really, you being a Christian, it's, you only have lessons. You learn and you grow, you ask the Holy Spirit, teach me. I want to learn, I, I come ready, because I, because I came to tell someone. If God has been good to you in your life, guess what? There's more where that came from. If God has done a miracle in your life, guess what? There's more where that came from. If you have a revelation from his word, guess what? There's more where that came from. If you've just been consuming milk your whole life, guess what? There is meat meat that God wants to give you. He has it right there. But just build the foundation because there's more where that came from. Somebody say there's more where that came from. See, that the, pro- the problem, and that gives me joy, knowing that God has more. See, the problem that the Hebrews had was that they were stubborn because of their spiritual sluggishness, and they weren't able to partake of the meat that God had in store for them. Let us never be that church, y'all. Let us never be a church that's okay with just staying the way we are, and we become comfortable and casual, and we just stay confined, and we just we restrict God, we restrict his spirit. No, no, we should be a church. I'm telling you right now, when we come, can you imagine what would happen if us as a church, we came together. We came together and said, you know what? I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to mature. I'm telling you right now, God wants to use this church in so many amazing ways. We have to do it together. God wants to do something amazing in your family. See, because get this, I don't want to be the same Caleb that I am a year from now. Anybody with me? Anybody going to say, like, I don't want to be the same like person I am a year from I want to grow more. I want to fall more in love with Jesus and develop in my relationship with God because it's so important. Growth is essential as a believer. And guess what? We need to encourage one another. We need to inspire one another, not push each other down. The world does that too much already. We need to lift each other up. We need to be sure that we're encouragers to one another, that we love one another. Jesus said that people will know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. Here's my closing thought, y'all. It's this. You ready? Anybody receiving this word this Sunday morning? We're coming to a close. It's this. Spiritual growth never ends. Spiritual growth. Somebody say spiritual growth. 
never ends. I'm talking to all the baby believers. I'm talking to the casual Christians. I'm talking to the seasoned saints. Don't ever think that you've arrived and that you've become so high in your knowledge and wisdom. And also when it comes to your relationship with, with Jesus and having discernment. And you're, no, like God always has more for us because the moment that you think you've arrived, you're not going to make any more progress. We got to be, I'm telling you, until we get to heaven, until we get to heaven, we got to continue to learn, continue to grow. God has so many things. Somebody say he has more in store. He has more in store. Here's my challenge for you guys. This is my challenge for you guys uh, this Sunday morning. It's this. You ready? Because like we said, we want to see you guys grow, but we, we know that healthy things grow, growing things change, and in order for change to take place, sometimes we have to be challenged. Here's the challenge. Here's the challenge, y'all. Spend at least 10 minutes a day solely praying and reading your Bible. Spend at least, and some of y'all, y'all may want to do 30. Some people may want to do, like, if, here's the thing. This may sound very simple to some, but to some other people, this may be very new. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. And what I'm trying to say is try to do it in a place where there's no distractions. Turn your phone on airplane mode. Maybe wake up before the kids wake up. Do what you can to spend time with Jesus, and eventually you'll be able to carry that throughout the day. You have that mindset. You'll have that mindset, you'll have your heart open to receive. Spend time, see, because get this, time spent with God is never time wasted. Never time wasted. And if you don't make time for God, many times you're, not, you're never going to have time for God. Put it in the schedule, and guess what? Every single day we need that nourishment. A baby needs the milk. Every, like, we need that nourishment. That's why Jesus told the disciples when they asked him, how should we pray? He said, you know, pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. Don't try to live off tomorrow with today's prayers. Spend every day. Spend time in prayer. Whatever it may be, 10 minutes. Start off with that, and it will grow, and it will develop, and it will help you guys out. Is anybody else excited about this? I know that I'm excited about that. Can you stand to your feet this Sunday morning? I want to pray over you guys. Man, we love y'all so much. Y'all are awesome. And as I look around the room, I just, I'm just blown away by just how much growth I've seen in your life since you've been here. Just get planted. You got to build that foundation before a tree and a plant can just grow higher and higher. It has to build those roots first. Don't compare yourself to other people. This, this right here, it's, let's not do that. Let's not do those things. Let's, let's follow after Jesus. Let's follow after him. And maybe you failed. Maybe you've fallen short. Maybe you felt like you've kind of just straight away, you, you kind of pulled back and you're just, you've, you've fallen down. And I understand we have our moments, we have our feelings, and, you know, we have our flesh, and we have sometimes our, our good days and bad days. We have different things. But let us never let a bad day make us, you know, into a bad or moody person. You know what I mean? Like the Bible says we're going to have those days. But put on the whole armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you know what I mean? Like... You don't have to be a product of your environment. You can let your product, your environment be a product of you. And if you can't get to Jesus sometimes, because like, you know, God's, God says that, you know, when you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And if you feel like you can't come to church sometimes or, or feel like you can't get up to, to spend time with Jesus by, by running, you need to walk to him. And if you can't do it by walking, you need to crawl to him. And if you can't even crawl, you need to call a friend up. You need to call a family member and say, I'm going through it. Man, I need somebody to pick me up and take me to church. I need someone to take me to Jesus. Because I'm telling you right now, though a righteous man fall down seven times, he will rise again. You will grow. You will develop. You will mature. You will prosper. You will step into everything that God. I'm prophesying over somebody right now. 
I'm speaking over the dreams that God has given you, that business that God has given you. Right now, maybe that marriage right now that seems to be decreasing and declining and you think it's about to end in divorce, I came to tell somebody today, I believe that God's gonna turn all things together for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. God's not done with you yet. God's never given up on you. Don't ever give up on him. He is still good. He's still good. He's still good. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good all the time and all the time. Nuh-uh, I'm not going to let my flesh and my feelings tell me otherwise. I'm not going to stay in this one moment. I'm not going to build my life on just one single experience. No, I press forward into what God has for me. I will finish the race. I will finish the fight. I will keep pushing forward. I will keep loving after him. I will keep following after him. I'm not going to stop telling people about Jesus. I'm not going to stop coming to church. I'm not going to let offense and bitterness and unforgiveness hold me back no more. No, today is the day where I take a stand and I move forward and I develop and I mature. Come on, church. Let's worship this Sunday morning before we go. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.